kind of judgment and kind of things that people make up. These were chauvinists. They were really cowards in blaming, uh, blaming it on others instead of themselves. They were self-centered, the tribe of Reuben. They cared not for their brothers, their father, brothers' physical lives. They were actually carrying on the ancestral sin of their father, Reuben, who went into his father's tent and made and had sex with his, his one of his stepmothers. Unbelievable. They are unstable, self-centered. All he cares about is himself. Women prophets and uh, prophets are in the Bible. There's Miriam in Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. Let me read you some of that. You know Miriam, the, bro- the sister of Moses and the sister of Aaron. You know, they had just crossed the Red Sea. God had part of the Red Sea, and she began to sing a song, and she was a prophetess. And here's the song. It goes like this. They're con- they're, the Red Sea had closed over the army of, of Egypt, and here's e- Israel singing a song led by, by Miriam. I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider were thrown into the sea. This, this, is, this is God, and I will praise him. They sang a song like that. It was Miriam that led a song. Deborah is going to sing a song. She's singing a song in chapter 15. It starts in verse 1, and the verses I, I read to you were part of her, her song about Zebulun. And about Natale. Then there's Huldah in First King or Second Kings chapter twenty-two. Second Kings chapter twenty-two, who was a prophetess. Then we have in the New Testament we have Anna. Remember Anna when Jesus was brought into the temple as a baby, Anna prophesied over her, over him. And then we see, if you read the book of Acts, you see in chapter 21 that Philip had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. Can women lead? Absolutely. Barak was unwilling to lead because his faith wasn't as strong, I guess, as Deborah's. We need leadership both on the men's side and the woman's side in this world today. You know what, Reuben, to keep this where I'm trying to head with this message, you know, the rescue from the abyss, Reuben didn't care about the lives of their brothers and sisters that went into battle. They didn't care. They said, hey, we're going to sit by the seashore on our ships, and that's what they did. They were by the seashore. After all, aren't the Canaanites our, our, uh, our, our, our customers? The Canaanites are our customers. They were more interested in making money on their ship and not fighting with their brothers for the oppression that Canaanites were putting on Israel. All they cared about was, was this money, money, money. They didn't care about the lives of, of uh, their brothers that were going to battle against Sisera and his 900 chariots of iron. The tribe of Dan... In Judges chapter 5, verse 16, they, they weren't with, with Deborah. It says there that they sat by the seashore. Again, they were self-centered. 
They were making money off the Canaanites. They could care less if their brothers are dying out there in the, in the, in the battle. They could care less. All they care about is money. They care about themselves. They're self-centered. They wouldn't join the battle. And you know what? Today, a lot of people in churches just won't join the battle about the fight for the men's souls. We have the antidote. We have the healing power in the blood of Jesus to bring to them, to let them know that they can live forever. But a lot of Christians just don't want to get into the battle. We don't want to stand on the street corners. We don't want to give our money to support missionaries. And we need to do that. If you can't go, everybody can't go. But if you can't go, you can help by giving and supporting you know, the work of the church that supports missionaries and the, even the missionaries themselves. So Dan, like, like Reuben, was unable to go to battle. They didn't want it. They wanted to stay home and to make the money. And that's what they did. Genesis, when Jacob pronounced blessings on his sons in chapter 49 of Genesis, verse 16, he said this about the tribe of Dan. He said, Dan will be like a snake by the roadside, a viper along the path that bites the horse's heel so that it, it stumbles backwards. These were men, that's a tribe of people, that, and even Christians today, that cause others to backslide. And we've got to watch it. You know, someone said, and I think it was my mother, she says, show me your friends and, I'll, and show me what they're like and I'll, I'll know what you're like or what you'll be like. I remember a policeman walked into, my mother was a, she worked at the subconter in Kmart when they had a sub in place in there. Now they got Subway in there and, and it's a lot of Kmarts. Well, my mother worked there and she knew some of the policemen in the area. And my, the, the policeman always said, how's your son doing? Because they knew me because I was arrested a couple of times. You know, uh, and, uh, and he, uh, what he told my mom, he says, your son's got to get away from those friends of his. Bad friends corrupt good morals. I learned that later on in the scriptures. I think it's 1 Corinthians uh, 15.33, I think, or 16.33. Bad friends. Well, Dan is like that. They're, they're backsliders. They lead people down the wrong direction. They cause their brother to stumble because it was a prophecy over, over Dan's tribe. He'd be like a snake on the roadside, a viper that strikes at the horse's heel and the horse rears backwards and throws the rider off and he's backslidden. We've got to be careful with that. These tribes. These tribes are like that. The tribe of Dan cared only for themselves. They're self-centered, self-love, just like Reuben. They're greedy. They kept counting their cash while his, their brothers were dying in battle going against 900 chariots of iron. And we're going to see as time moves on that God had to intervene because there weren't enough men to defeat that army of 900 iron chariots. That was a powerful army in those days. Do we keep counting our cash while our brothers and sisters the Voice of the Martyr magazines are in the back room. I read certain sections of them all the time. And I see that my brothers and sisters are dying out there in, the, in, in other countries for their faith in Jesus Christ. 
Dan, like Reuben, lost their eternal perspective. And today, I think America and even the Christian church has lost their eternal perspective. Do we really care that our brothers are dying in their sins and they're going to the abyss? Do we really care that our mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and, and children are, and grandchildren are headed for the abyss? They didn't care. They lost their eternal perspective, and the Christian church cannot lose its eternal perspective. Because if you do, that person may never make the kingdom. Hopefully God will send somebody else that's willing. You let others follow Christ into the harvest field, but you won't do it. God could send somebody to your door, but you won't do it. Instead of going to the mission field, you know, you stay home, but you don't even support the missions. This isn't a plea for money. This is a plea for souls. How do we get them? I remember yesterday at the men's Bible study, we got somehow on missions, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be, in a couple months, 72 years old. And I'm ready to go back to Brazil. I'm ready to go to Africa if I have to. I know as long as Liz is backing me up, you know, she's, she's supporting me, I will go because I know God speaks through a person's spouse. But listen, I'm not going to give up just because I'm 72 years old. I figure I'm good for another 20 at least. If you speak life, you get life. If you speak death, you get life. So, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. Well, I want to eat the fruit of life. Yes, do my bones ache in the morning? Yes, I do stretches every morning. But you know what? I'm going to fight it back. You're a warrior. We're warriors for Christ. You fight back. You don't give up. You speak positive and not negative. But these two tribes were, were all they cared about their cash. They didn't care about their brothers dying in the battle with Sisera. Dan and Reuben were joyful and content right where they were. But yet, the Savior told us, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? What would it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. Then there's the tribe of Asher that didn't go to battle. Judges chapter 5 verse 15 says, Asher sat at the seashore and remained by the landings. Here's Jacob's prophecy in Genesis chapter 49 verse 20 for Asher, the tribe of Asher. Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. Kind of tells me they're probably bakers. He's probably selling cakes by the seashore to the Canaanites that were killing their brothers out there on the battlefield. They lost their eternal perspective that God said, you're supposed to conquer this land. And because they didn't conquer it, all these Perezerites and Canaanites and whateverites were thorns in their side, just like Paul had a thorn in his side. 
They refused. They wanted to stay by the seashore. They wanted to continue on vacation. I think of the seashore. I always head for the beach whenever I'm on vacation. I like the beaches. I don't get there enough since we live only, what, five miles away from the beach. They were on vacation. They were AWOL. A lot of Christians today are AWOL from from the, the, the Lord. They're absent without leave. God didn't say, hey, you don't need to win souls. God didn't say quit preaching the gospel. He said go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say go on vacation.